Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. And when I think about praise and celebration, I look in the Bible and I can see how it can literally confront, attack, and defeat our spiritual enemy. And oh, how the devil would love to steal our praise. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about this. Paul penned the phrase, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, let's try it again. Really? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. That's, that's a phrase we hear a lot. Now, Paul wrote this at one of the lowest points of his life, imprisoned in a dark, cold, rat-infested dungeon. Yet, he found the will to celebrate, to rejoice in the Lord. Say in. Because how did he do that? The key word in. Paul chose to celebrate in Jesus, not just around God, not at him. Sometimes our praise just goes at him. And not below or above him, but in Jesus. In Jesus. See, you have God in you, you just got to go get him. Seek him, find him. Paul started this pursuit by simply making a choice, by doing what he knew to do. He had already experienced this truth when he and Silas were beaten and thrown in a jail. And at midnight, they started celebrating and suddenly an earthquake occurred, breaking down the prison walls and setting them free and saving people around them. So he was just doing what he knew to do. Years ago, I was talking to Bill Otten, who's a missionary to China, and uh, he was telling me that, that they had gone into uh, uh, an area of China that was, uh, wasn't really evangelized uh, very much. And so they met some people, they, 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 they gave their hearts to Jesus, they started a church in this area, and he he gave them, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to read the Bible. I want you to pray. I want you to share your testimony. And I want you to celebrate. I want you to praise. Really, just basic things to get your church going. Well, he went away for about a year or some time. And when he finally went back, he visited that church. And when he got to the door of that church, he opened it up. People were celebrating in a really raucous, like a very uh, excited way. They were just, was, everything was on fire. He said, the Jesus, they love Jesus with all their hearts. And he says, what happened? And they said, we just did what you told us to do. Is anybody here? We just, all we did was, we did what you told us to do, Bill. We read the Bible, we prayed, we shared our testimony, and we celebrated. <laughs> it's not rocket science, right? So I love this version, Philippians 4, 4, he says, Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the anointed one. <clears throat> I love that. Paul said, I choose joy. He knew how important and powerful this celebration was. Even when going through difficult times, 
Please hear this. Satan takes great pleasure in trying to steal your joy, your praise, your excitement. Don't let him. Shout for joy. Lift up your voice and get your celebrate back. Man, when I was doing this, when I was, when I was uh, preparing this message, I kept thinking, I'm going to bust out with this tune. Um, there's a party going on right here. A celebration to last around the year. So bring your good times. And <laughs> Is that cool in the gang? Anyways. Get your celebrate back. We all know life happens though, right? Troubles come. And we can lose that excitement. We can forget what Advent is really all about and misplace our joy. Well, it happened to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. He lost his voice of celebration because he didn't believe that his wife Elizabeth could conceive. So here it is. Luke 1 through 11 through 20 says, While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. Now, let me just stop for a moment because I hear, you know, people all the time, oh, I saw, I saw a bunch of angels today. Angels showed up. I'm like, I'm like, okay, you must have been scared because that's typically what happens when angels show up in the Bible, right? I'm just, I'm just saying that, that, that when angels show up, like, we should be, like, shocked, Right? <laughs> Just, just a little side note. Uh, verse 13, but the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Look at this is, this is uh, the angel. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you're to name him John, John the Baptist. You, he, you'll have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord your God. He'll be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He'll prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. It'll cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Right? Angel shows up, gives you that kind of information. What's your response? Well, what's Zechariah's response? How can I be sure... Angel of Gabriel, Gabriel, how can I be sure this is going to happen? Right? I'm an old man now. And my wife is, now he's, he does, this is very uh, politically correct, well along in years. <laughs> She's not old, right? She's well along. Good job, Zechariah. I see that. I see you. No, look at this. Then the angel said, mm, mm. I think he's kind of clear the story. <laughs> I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. See, I'm just guessing that's how he might have said it. It is he who sent me to bring you this good news that I just said. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, I'm going to have to shut this down, Zechariah. Be silent, unable to speak until the child is born, for my words will certainly be, my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. There, see, there's a principle here. <clears throat> our celebration is an indication of our believing. The Bible says, I believe, therefore I speak. I celebrate. 
So I think the angel Gabriel had a gut feeling that Zechariah would unintentionally spread unbelief with his negative words or lack of celebration. That's, my, that's what I'm viewing this, as, I, as I read it. See, I think it must be frustrating being an angel. They come many times to help, to deliver a message that can turn things around for our good, but we miss it, right? We might even refuse it like Zechariah did. But don't worry, in time, through a humbling moment, say humbling. <clears throat> Humble is the, one of the most valuable words you will ever possess in your life because humble is the only way to advance and get into the kingdom of God. <clears throat> humble is the only way to fix a marriage. Humble is the only way to see a family. Humble is the only way. That's it, right? Humble, just remember that. So Zechariah finally humbled himself and he finally believed and agreed. Say agreed. Agreed with God. He agreed with God. That's the story in between, right? He agreed with God. And he got a celebration back. So maybe you've lost your celebration. So let's see what happened when he finally could speak again. Luke 1, 67. Now remember, there's months he can't speak. He's got to write things on a tablet. It must have been frustrating. I'm sure Elizabeth liked it. <clears throat> Luke 1, 67 through 75. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord. I can speak again, the God of Israel, because he's invisited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. And he's kind of looking over at Gabriel. Am I doing good? Yeah, good, good. Now we'll be saved. Verse 72, he has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We've been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear and holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. So it was no quiet moment, I believe. This was a celebration, but not even about his son, John. It was about the Son of God. In other words, he got his priorities in the right place. He did, right? He took, his, took the focus off of him. He even didn't focus on John. Go, now, don't, don't give him a bad rap because it, because it goes on to be thankful for John. Like, don't, don't, don't bash Zechariah. He does get excited for John. But he got his priorities in the right place. I'm gonna say it again. Our celebration is an indication, a result of our faith and our freedom. That's what that is. So let me speak in the future just for a moment. We are the voice of God to celebrate his second arrival by faith. And I believe our voice, our lives live for Jesus will actually speed up his second coming. Do you know that? You're saying, say what? What kind of church is this? I'll show you right here. Second Peter 3, 11 through 13 kind of church. Now, this doesn't seem very Christmassy, but I'm just gonna, I'll get through it. Since everything around us is gonna be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along or speeding it up. Do you see that? Do you see that right there? On that day, set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. 
But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth as he's promised a world filled with God's righteousness. Listen, our excitement, our expectation, our celebration can speed up his second coming. Just give me a little bit of clap right now. Just, just, just one. You just sped up his second coming. I don't know how much. Two, two minutes, one minute, I don't know what it is, but you just sped it up. See, our excitement will do that. And you and I can celebrate anytime, anywhere, before, during, and after. And listen, when we celebrate before the arrival, I think we're showing some serious faith. It's what we did just a few minutes ago. I'm going to celebrate my friends, my family members who don't know Jesus, to, that I already see them coming to Jesus. So I'm going to celebrate in advance. That's what they did back in the day, thousands of years ago. Look at this before Jesus was born. Micah 5, 2, but you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. They were celebrating Jesus, our Savior, way before he arrived. How about this one? This prophecy fulfilled, Isaiah 7, 14. All right, then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. I'm thinking, what is Isaiah thinking when he's writing that, inspired to write that? He's like, I don't know how this is going to happen, but okay, let's celebrate. And look at this last prediction, just part of it, Numbers 24, 17. I see him, but not here and now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future. A star will rise from Jacob. A scepter will emerge from Israel. Now, these are only three of the prophecies that I talked about. Now, I could give you eight right off the bat. I'm not going to give you all eight, but there are eight prophecies already fulfilled of the first birth of Jesus, the first arrival. And the odds of someone fulfilling only eight of the Old Testament prophecies is not one in a million one in a billion, or even one in 100 billion, the odds are one in a trillion, trillion, trillion. Mathematicians have declared this to be mathematically impossible. But not with God. All things are possible. If you believe, side note, if you ever find yourself in a seemingly impossible situation, just think about Jesus. Came to earth against all odds. Your situation, your trouble, is never impossible with God just start doing your happy dance ahead of time. That's all you got to do. My point, these saints of old were celebrating long before his first arrival. That's faith, and we can do the same before, during, or after. But again, sometimes, truthfully, we can lose that celebration. If you're here today and you lost it, no problem. We're, we're going to help you get that back. So if you've lost it, if you've in, in, inadvertently misplaced your joy... Let me, get, let me help you get it back and speed up his coming. Here are three reasons to celebrate before now and forever. They're found right here in these two verses. Luke 10. Now this is the angel showing up to Mary. And he says three things I want to show you that give us cause to celebrate. Luke 10, Luke 2, 10 through 11. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes. The Messiah, yes. 
The Lord, yes, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Three powerful names and attributes of Jesus that I hope will get you excited. I hope will start the party. First one, Lord. Say Lord. We don't use that word often. It's not, it's not in our daily language. It's, it's a common word. It's not a common word outside of church. You rarely hear it at work or even at home. Of course, one, there, one day Emily did call me Lord. I'll never, never let her forget that. She accidentally, she was praying, and then I came and she goes, Lord. I'm like, ha. And then I went down and had to clean the, cat, clean the cat litter. Hey, let's revive that word today, Lord. What comes to mind when you speak it? What does it mean when you hear it? That word should invoke reverence, yes, but it should also get us excited because the word translated is actually owner. In other words, he owns all things. Psalm 24, verse one, look at this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. I feel like we get in trouble many times. I get in trouble many times thinking that I have to or I do own my family. I own Emily. Or I own, I own my, now listen, I, 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 try to, I tend to like try to protect them and control them because I think I ultimately own them. Wrong. That leads to frustration. She's God's. My children are God's. My family is God's. My business but the church, whatever it is, that's all God's. It's not mine. See, why is this so important? Because so many people are trapped in heavy burden because they believe they are the owners. Please hear me. That's too much to carry. It's too much to carry. God is the owner of all things, all people, your family, your children, your stuff, even your mess. Woo, come on. He's the owner, but he's not like any other owner you'll ever meet. He takes care of his property, takes care of his own. He cherishes and protects his children. Yes, he's a good, good father, but he's a good, good owner. His angels are his employees. His children are his co-owners or co-heirs. That's who we are. Now, even though we're co-owners, we're also co-workers. But know this, our Lord, the owner, has the best compensation package imaginable. You can't even imagine this package. Let me just give you a few of the benefits. Psalm 103, one through five. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I'll praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the benefits, the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and he crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. How do you like that compensation package? That should give us reason to celebrate. He's the owner. He's the Lord. He's our Lord. Well, what else? Luke 2.11. Kind of backtracking. The Savior, yes, the Messiah. Yes, say the Messiah. Has been born today in Bethlehem. Lives here today with us. Is with us right now. He's the Messiah. Meaning the Christ. Christ. 
the anointed one, the chain breaker, the way maker, the one who has come to set us free. The more I follow Jesus, the Messiah, the more I understand how important it is to receive his anointing. His anointing will destroy the evil works of our enemy with precision and power. The Messiah, the anointed one. Look at this, Luke 4.18. This is Jesus saying, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me. By the way, you are anointed. <laughs> Say, I'm anointed. <laughs> See, if you know Jesus, you're anointed. You have an anointing from the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. So you need to know that because God has placed you in people's lives that I'll never see or reach. But when you rub shoulders with them, the anointing gets on them. The anointing that breaks the freedom. Come on. I'm so glad that you're talented. I'm so glad you're gifted. I'm so glad that, that you've accomplished much. But I, that means, doesn't mean much compared to the anointing. You're anointed. You're anointed. He has set me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, verse 418, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free. Man, does that give you reason to shout and celebrate? Come on. Aren't you sick and tired of the enemy taking, having his way? Aren't you sick and tired of the heaviness and oppression of life, the ones you love? There's so many people living with heaviness even now as we speak, and that heaviness can, be, can make a person do things they really don't want to do. Addictions are formed, anger rises, fear paralyzes, all because of this oppression. But there's good news. The Messiah, the anointed one, has come, is here today to destroy that heaviness. Amen. Woo. Isaiah 10, 27, King Jimmy style. Look at this. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Maybe you just didn't know that. The cute little baby in a manger was actually a devil-destroying assassin. So when you go down to the pavilion at some point in time and you look at the nativity, just look at Jesus and say, oh, you're more than just a cute little baby. You are a devil-destroying assassin. Can I say that during Christmas? Because that's who he is. The Messiah, the Christ who heals us, delivers us, and sets us free. You don't have to live bound up, weighed down, addicted, abused, and harassed anymore. The Christ is here. The Messiah is born. We can celebrate that and celebrate him. And lastly, the most important name, Savior. Say Savior. Translated the one who defends, the one who avenges, the one who rescues. That's right. All people who have ever lived were born in a prison, born into sin, trapped by an enemy. And we all need or needed to be rescued so God sent us the Savior. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, the Savior has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, right? We just have to admit that. We need help. And that sin separates us from our Father. So Jesus is the only one who's able to reconnect us. He's the bridge. He's the rescuer. Because we all need a rescuer. Yeah. 
We all need a rescuer. The world needs the rescuer, the savior. Do you remember baby Jessica? For those of us who are a little older, baby Jessica, 1987, a toddler named Jessica McClure fell into an eight-inch well, becoming stuck over 20 feet below ground. Can you imagine that? But once people discovered that baby Jessica was in the well, they took immediate action. Say immediate. Oh, I love that word. They didn't tell her to, hey, hey, baby Jessica, find your way up, climb back up. And they didn't just shout happy thoughts to encourage her. No, they went down to where she was and got her out. They did whatever it took. Rescuers worked nonstop for 58 hours to free her. Sounds like Jesus. Sounds like our Savior. After the fall of mankind, the mistake in the Garden of Eden, the original sin of Adam and Eve, down they went, down we went, dragged all of us with them into darkness and oppression. And what did God do? He did not tell them and tell us, oh, find your way, find your own way out of this mess. He didn't say that. He didn't, he didn't just shout happy thoughts. Oh, I'm praying for you. No, 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 no. He came down to where we were and rescued us. That's what Christmas is about. That's what the arrival's about. That's God coming down to rescue us, to do whatever it took to deliver us from a deep, dark well of destruction. We celebrate Christmas because the Savior of all mankind came to save us, to rescue us from the hopeless situation we were in, Galatians 1.4. Jesus gave his life for our sins. Just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live in. I want to say something really quick about that word world. It's not what you, it just means time. It doesn't, like, like we're, we're not to look at the world and say, I'm going to stay away from the world. No, 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 we're in it. We got people to reach in the world. It just means, it just means save us from an evil time. It literally means, we'll talk about this in, 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 a, in a message up, but it means the space of time. When it says, do not be conformed to this world, it means do not be conformed to the space of time. Don't let time manipulate you or, or, or rush you, right? That's what it means. Because God so loved the world. Everyone. Anyone. However they identify themselves, God loves them all. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And we're called to be a light, to reach people, to pull them out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And we need a savior. We need our savior for that. And it's written on your heart. Every single person here actually your heart is, oh man, they need Jesus. Oh man, they, they, need, they need a savior. And so your heart leaps with rescue. Your heart naturally on it is written, rescue them, save them, pray for them, help them, see them delivered. That's in you. The Bible written on your heart, written on my heart. God developed the perfect rescue plan for all people. 
He sent his one and only son to save us. As we finish with this scripture, Romans 5, 6 through 8. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Aren't you thankful for God's perfect plan? His rescue plan? Aren't you thankful for the owner? It's all his. Aren't you thankful for the Messiah, the anointed one that sets us free? Aren't you thankful for the Savior? Oh my goodness, you guys. This is just a pit stop right here. He's saving us to eternity. He's saving us to live with him forever, to be with our loved ones that passed away, to be with them one day. We will be with them. We'll see them. Well, we'll see them one day, right? That's what Jesus did. That's why we celebrate. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to celebrate one more time. Shake the icicles off the roof. Would you bow your head, and would you just in honor of Jesus, if you feel comfortable, just lift up your hands to receive the gift of salvation. And some of you, uh, many of you have, right? And, and, and maybe, maybe this is just a, just a moment where you just remind yourself, yeah, I'm, I'm his. He's my Lord. He's my owner. He's, he's my Savior. Some of you, it's the first time you've ever given your heart to Jesus. Matter of fact, you might be nervous right now thinking, what's going to happen? Well, that's just the Holy Spirit saying, hey, it's time. It's time to, it's time to, to be my son. It's time to be my, my daughter. It's a simple prayer. Would you pray it with me together? Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I receive you as my Lord as my Messiah and as my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.